Bibles, if you would, the book of Judges, chapter 15. The book of Judges, chapter 15. And now we're going to begin there in verse 1. In the book of Judges, chapter 15. book of Judges, chapter 15. We'll begin there in verse 1. Um, the main part of my message is going to be a little bit lower than that, but we'll begin there in verse 1. I entitled this message called Samson's Revenge. Samson's Revenge. There in uh, Judges chapter 15. And uh, we'll begin there in verse 1 here in just a couple of moments. Uh, if there's uh, one thing that, I, you know, as, as people, uh, no matter who we are, whether we are heathen or not, uh, we have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to have that frame of mind because uh, having, having a vengeful spirit is one of those things that can really, uh, really uh, destroy us. Uh, and destroy a lot of other people. Uh, I tell you what, uh, having a vengeful heart is something that can uh, really uh, eat us from the inside out because along with having revenge has uh, bitterness and, and all those different things that come along with it. Uh, we understand the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Uh, and so, you know, the best thing to do is leave it to God. God knows how to deal with things. God knows how to handle it. Uh, but I tell you what, we've got to be careful. You know, I think there's probably uh, a lot of folks uh, that have really made a mess out of their life and a, and a mess out of a lot of other people's lives uh, by the idea of getting revenge. And of course, as I said, uh, you know, it's something we have to be careful with because, uh, and you, just like me, you say, well, what if somebody done this to my family? And what if somebody done that to my family? The very first thing that comes out of our mouth is, well, they better hope they don't, or if I'd ever happen, I'd get them. I mean, you, you can fill in the rest of it. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, so, uh, and so I get it. I understand. Believe me, I, I get it. I understand. I just wanted to talk to you tonight about what we can see, uh, about you know, what does the Bible say about some, you know, about some of these things, and just kind of looking into uh, what kind of Samson did and what these other, and what these other people did. Uh, and I think you know, maybe from that we can just kind of learn some things about it and I know we can, you know, perhaps maybe take these things, try to apply them into some everyday life situations if we can. Uh, but there's so many different situations. I mean, there's so many, so many different things, I mean, that you can uh, try to apply these things to as far as, you know, getting revenge for. Uh, so let's, but let's just take a look at it tonight. I pray the message will be a blessing to you. Uh, but let's just kind of see uh, some aspects of this, of Samson's revenge uh, that we can see and what all it did and who all was involved and, uh, and who all got hurt. And so let's take a look at it. Judges chapter 15. We'll begin there in verse 1. Uh, as we begin there in verse 1, let me first say this. Samson, uh, he was a man. He was kind of a, he was kind of a, uh, kind of a, a rebel kind of guy. I mean, he, he didn't really, it seemed like he didn't really think a whole lot of this Nazarite, Nazarite vow that he had because he did take part in some and some, uh, uh, some drinking activities. He did handle some dead animals that was, of course, not supposed to do. And uh, he did marry a Philistine, which he shouldn't have done. So there was a lot of rebellious sides of him uh, in regards to his walk with God. So he kind of was, uh, kind of uh, had a lot of work to do. Uh, how many of us got a lot of work to do? Okay. And so he was one of those guys, man, he had a lot of work to do. But God still used him and God still done some things with him. And, but, you know, he, he was kind of rough around the edges. Now, he, this wife that he married, now some of his problems wouldn't have been as bad as they were had perhaps he would have paid more attention to 
what he was supposed to be doing and living how he was supposed to be living. I mean, sometimes we kind of bring this kind of stuff on our, on our, onto ourselves. And some of his things that he went through probably would have been a little bit better off. He'd have been better off. And other folks probably would have been a little bit better off if he would have uh, paid more respect to what he, how he was supposed to be living and what he was supposed to be doing. Now, when you think about his wife, I mean, we ain't got time to get all into it, but just the chapter right before uh, chapter 15, we see that his wife, who was a Philistine, uh, had just caused him to lose a bet that he had with, uh, with 30 other Philistines. And, of course, they figured out this riddle, uh, and he had made this bet with them, and, uh, of course, his wife had kind of spoiled that for him. So after he lost the bet, he decided, well, you know, uh, what am I going to do? I ain't got the money to pay it, so I'll just go kill me 30 Philistines and take what they got. So that's what he did. Uh, he lost the bet, so he went and killed 30 Philistines, robbed him of what they had, sold it, uh, liquidated it, got the money that he needed, and he went and gave it and paid off his debt. Uh, so, uh, and then, of course, he was mad at his wife because she you know, kind of spoiled the whole thing, ruined it for him, so he just left. He says, I'm going home. He left to where she was at, there in Philistine, and he just left and went home. And so he stayed, he stayed at the house for a pretty good while. Eventually he said, well, you know, I guess I'll go back, see how things are going, check on her, make sure she's alive. And so he leaves. He goes back home uh, or goes back to Philistine where she's supposed to be at. And he gets there, so now we begin chapter 15. And the Bible says, It came to pass within a while after in the time of wheat harvest. So it had been a while since Samson had been there that Samson visited his wife with a kid. Uh, doesn't mean their kid, means a goat. And Venus visited his wife with a kid, and he said, I will go into my wife, into the, into, uh, into the chamber, but her father uh, would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hadst utterly hated her. Therefore I gave her to thy companion. Uh, is not uh, her younger sister fairer than she? Uh, take her, I pray thee, instead of her. Uh, well, I hope the younger sister didn't hear that. Wasn't that nice to say? Uh, your younger sister's more prettier than you are, so, you know, so sorry. Uh, but anyhow, so Samson comes back into town. He's looking for his wife. He goes, goes there to, to where his father-in-law is, and he gets there, and he says, Hey, sorry, your wife isn't here. I done gave her to somebody else. He said, I thought you didn't like her no more. You didn't show up for a long time. You left. Nobody ever saw you. No, You, you never called. You didn't write. We didn't hear, hear nothing from you. Uh, and so we just thought the whole thing was over. And so I just I gave her to somebody else. I gave her to one of your friends over here, the one of your companions, you know, over here, this one of the Philistines, the guy that you know. I gave her to one of them. He says, I just didn't think you liked her anymore. So Samson, of course, uh, he was kind of a hothead. You ever met a hothead before? I tell you what, boy, he was hot. He didn't take much to get him going. And he was a little bit of a hothead. And so he said, well, I'll just do something about this. And so uh, he decided, Samson decided, well, if he's done gave her to, uh, to the Philistines, then I'm just going to resolve this situation myself. I'll take care of this. And so he got this idea that what he was going to do was, was he was just going to burn all of their crops down. That was part of his revenge. That's where, some, that's where the revenge started. He says, well, they, he done got rid of my wife and this guy over here, he knows, that, he knows she belongs to me, but yet he's got her anyway, so i tell you what, I'll get even with them and I'll just burn everything they got down to the ground. I'll burn all their crops, everything they got, I'll just burn it all to the ground. And so notice what happens there in verse 3. The Bible says, and Samson said concerning, uh, and Samson said concerning them, now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. His desire was to go out and to do them a displeasure. 
his desire was to go out and be mean, to be vindictive, to get revenge. I'll just show them they think they can take my life and, and do whatever. No, I'll show them who's the boss around here and I'm going to do something back. And so I don't know, he probably perhaps sat around thinking, I wonder what I can do. Probably sitting there at his desk. How can I get back? How can I get even? What is it that I can do that's really going to get their goat? What is it that I can do that's just really, uh, really going to cause some damage? You know, And I imagine he sit back and he thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. You know, when it comes to revenge and having a vengeful spirit, it sure does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy because imagine, I just imagine, I wonder how long it, th- he, I wonder how long it took him to think of this plan that he was going to come up with. How long did it take him to figure it out? How long, how long did it take him to say, well, I think this would be the best thing to do? Can you imagine all that energy he put into trying to get back at somebody? All that energy that he put in trying to have uh, with this vengeful spirit that he had. He says, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to cause them some harm. I'm going to cause them some displeasure. They're not going to like what's coming to them and so the Bible says there in verse 4 that Samson went and he caught 300 foxes I tell you what I wonder how long that took how long does it take to catch 300 foxes now now we don't I don't know and I mean the Bible don't say but I don't know if he had any help in doing this the Bible says he did it I don't know if he had any hired help that went out that he said, hey guys, can y'all help me catch 300 foxes? Or if he just solely went out and done it, on, done it on his own. I mean, the Bible don't say that he had any help and if he didn't, he done it on his own. I wonder how long it took to catch 300 foxes. I mean, I doubt he done all that in one night. And so it took him a while. And so can you imagine, you know, he's, he's wanting to get this revenge against, uh, against these people. How long that he probably stewed over this and, and thought over this and, and all the many days that it took him to, to sit and wait and hunt and do everything he could to try to get these foxes. And he caught 300 of them. I mean, how many, how many, how many of us, I dare say, have ever even caught one? Anybody here tonight ever caught a fox? Never seen 300 in his whole life. I ain't never seen 300 in my whole life. Uh, I see one that comes up on my camera every now and then at night. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, I've, I've never seen that many. But I tell you what, he went and caught 300 foxes. How long did that take? How much time did that take? How much effort did that take? How much energy went in to getting back at these people? I mean, I tell you what, it must take a whole lot. It took a whole lot. And the Bible says he went and he caught 300 foxes and he took firebrands. Those are torches. And he took torches and he turned them tail to tail. He tied two of them together, uh, tied a torch to them and set them loose in the fields to burn the fields down. Wow, can you imagine that? I wonder, I wonder what it was like. You have 300 foxes all there together and they're all, and you're tying them up by their tails. Can you imagine what that was probably like? Can you imagine the cackling and the hollering that was going on? I mean, it was probably a sight and it was probably a sound as there he was trying to uh, tie these foxes together, tying them up tail to tail. I can only imagine what that was like. None, not, not just by having one, but having 300 of them there at one time. I mean, I tell you what, that's a lot to have to manage. That's a lot to have to try to take care of. And all this to cause somebody some displeasure. I think it's more displeasurable. I think he caused more displeasure to himself than he probably did to them. You know, sometimes I think that's kind of what behind a vengeful spirit does. We cause more displeasure to us than we do to them just trying to get even. Yeah, I tell you what, we got to be careful. And he, 
set out and got found, got, uh, hunted down, got these 300 foxes and tied them up tail to tail and, uh, and uh, put torches on them. I remember when I was a kid, young, I was real young. Well, I say real young, I was about 13, I guess. And, um, I, was about, and I was 13 years old. I was, a, I, was a, I was saved, but I acted like a heathen. And I was 13 years old and my neighbor had a cat. And so, you know, the cat was over at the house and we was uh, outside. We walked outside, as a matter of fact. I think me and my stepbrother, I think my stepbrother's there. I'll just drag him into it. He ain't here. He, don't, he, don't, he ain't going to care. Uh, and so I think my stepbrother was there. But anyways, I know I was. And I went out there and I was going to shoot off some bottle rockets. You ever, you ever seen bottle rockets? You know what bottle rockets are? You know, you get them down. We had to go down to South Carolina to get them because you couldn't have anything that come off the ground in North Carolina crazy and so went down there we was at the beach got bottle rockets stuff came back and I was just there wasn't nobody there it was me and I said well I'm just gonna have a good time shooting off these bottle rockets and so here it was I was there at the house just shooting them off <laughs> having a good time next thing you know I'm surprised the cat even walked up with all that racket and here come a cat it was my neighbor's cat and that cat come over and I got this idea I think I'm gonna tie a bottle rocket to this cat's tail so I did and that cat come over there I got this idea, that cat come over there, and I tied a bottle rocket to this cat's tail. Now, I made sure the part that blew up wasn't honing, you know, so it didn't suffer that way, anything like that. Uh, but I put that bottle rocket on that cat, and that cat didn't have no idea what was going on. I mean, it was just as playful and just as nice as can be. Didn't deserve anything I was doing to it. And so I got him up, you know, and it was a big old fluffy cat. And... Uh, Got him all tied up, got that bottle rocket on his tail in there with his tail sticking straight up, you know, and the part that blow up, like I said, was up here, had that fuse hanging down. And I took that lighter, and I stuck that lighter on there and lit that thing up. And boy, as soon as I lit that thing up, that cat took off. Man, he was gone. And he was running around the yard, went up underneath the deck. You can hear him up underneath the deck. You can hear that bottle rocket hitting up against the board. Pow, boom, 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 boom. Coming down through there, boy, that cat took off. It was, boy, he was rolling. Next thing I know, he runs out in the yard, kaboom, that thing blows up. He jumps about five feet off the ground. Boy, he is getting it. I tell you what, that was fun. That was fun. The cat was okay, didn't cause any harm. Not that I know of, maybe some PTSD, uh, you know, didn't come around for a little while. But I had a good time, you know. Uh, nobody ever knew what I did. I just, you know, spilt the beans. God knows it and uh, done gave it out. Uh, but anyhow, so... Uh, so I can kind of see where Samson's coming from. But we see the Samson, he goes out and he ties these 300 foxtails together and, uh, uh, and he turns them tail to tail, puts torches, ties torches to them and he turns them loose into the field. There in verse 5, and when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing of the corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn and the vineyards and olives. And so he, and for him to get even, he just completely burned everything down. I'll just show you. You think you can make a fool out of me? You think you can do this to me? Well, I'll just show you what I can do. And so he goes and catches all the foxes and goes through all this trouble and all this, all this headache so that he can burn all of their crops down because burning their crops down, that was their food, that was their labor, that was what they worked for, that was their profit, their money, how they got what they needed. And, uh, and so he figured, well, I can just cause them some harm by doing this. I tell you, you know, it's, it's interesting. You can already see how things are starting to escalate. Isn't that what revenge does, though? 
Uh, you know, it doesn't take long for revenge just to continue to escalate and escalate and escalate to get worse and worse because one person will say, you know what, uh, you think you can do this? Well, I'll just get one up on you and then you go up and then they go up and then you go up and then they go back up. And then the next thing you know, you're out there in no man's land and you're doing things you never thought you'd ever do. Uh, and so there comes this point where you say, well, how far is it all going to go? I mean, how bad are we going to allow this thing to get? Uh, because, you know, everybody, we got to be one up on our opponent. You know, we got to be, we got to be on the leaderboard. You know, we got to be one up. And so when's it going to stop? Uh, and sometimes... Uh, it doesn't stop until things get really, 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 really bad. And so we can see the escalation of revenge. Uh, the escalation of revenge. Not only that, uh, but notice that we get down to verse 6. The Bible says, And the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And they said, well, Samson got mad because, uh, we took, uh, we, because we took his wife. But his father-in-law gave him to him, but he, but, but he got angry, and so Samson did it. And, and they're thinking to their minds, well, you know what? He should have never told them that, never told Samson that. So what do they do? The Bible says in verse 6, the Bible says the Philistines came up and they burnt her and her father with fire. So they said, well, you know what? We'll just get revenge back. He thinks he's going to set our crops on fire. We'll just set his family on fire. And so they go down there to the house, and they get her, and they grab, they grab the father-in-law. They bring him out there, and they burn him at the stake, set him on fire. And we can see how this escalation is intensifying. Isn't that what revenge oftentimes does? It just intensifies. It escalates. It intensifies and then it gets to this point, it gets to this place to where now we see, now we see that we're not only, uh, we're not only just kind of robbing and stealing and taking from each other, now we're not just destroying property, now we're committing murder and in some of the harshest ways possible, setting someone on fire. And so we can see how this revenge has escalated and we can see how it has intensified. But you can also see uh, who all it is involved because you know it started out with just a little small group of people. It started out with just Samson saying, you know what, I'm mad because you did this. And then he goes out and done this to the crops and then the next thing you know, now there's more people involved. Now it's not just Samson and it's not just his father-in-law and his wife and sister, you know, all these people. Now we got... Now we got all these Philistines that are involved, and now they're all mad and upset. He's done, uh, he's done set the whole town uh, crops on fire, and so now everybody's mad. So what do they do? They all band together. So now we got a whole host of people involved. Now it's not just this person and this person that are mad at each other. Now we've got a whole pot stirred up. Now I imagine that's probably how a lot of wars got started when this person just got mad at this person. A lot of people died because two people were just mad at each other. I imagine that's how a lot of things happen. Listen, that's how a lot of things go. You got a lot of innocent people really that end up getting involved and uh, don't really want to be a part of it but get caught in the middle because of different things. And the next thing you know, you got a multitude of people hurt, multitude of people killed, or a multitude of losses on both sides. And when does it ever end? It becomes like a, a Hatfield and McCoy turnout. I mean, you just wonder, when's it going to stop? How many more people got to die? How many 
more people are going to get hurt. How, how much more damage are we going to do to each other before somebody decides to stop? So we can see the escalation that revenge causes. We see the intensity uh, that it does, uh, that it has, uh, that it becomes worse and worse. Not only does it grow, but it just intensifies. Uh, we have to be one up. We have to hurt the other person more than what they hurt us to make us feel better. The Bible says in verse 6 that they, they came and they burnt her and her father with fire. I can only imagine that when Samson walked up and he saw the sight, that he saw what had happened, I can only imagine the anger that he had within himself and, uh, and what he wanted to do at that point. And of course, the very next verse says, tells us really what he did. The Bible says there in verse 7, Samson said unto them, Though you have done this, yet I will be avenged of you, and after this I'll stop. You know, we, we had this idea, well, I'll do this, I'll just do this one last thing, and then I'll stop. He thought, I guess, that if he went and, I guess he thought if he went and just slaughtered all of them, it'd make him feel better. But you know what, after, you know, what usually happens, you have this revenge, you want to hurt somebody so bad for whatever reason, then you, you, you carry it out, and when it's all over, you don't feel like you thought you would. You think, where's my satisfaction I thought I'd have? Where's the, where's the peace of mind that I thought I'd have? You know what you're left with? You're left with, a, you're left with destruction. You're left with chaos. You're, you, you don't have any peace in your heart and your life because God's not, uh, uh, God's not blessing what you was a part of. God's not thankful for what you did. You didn't honor Him. And so all that you thought that you would maybe receive, that I'll get, man, I tell you what, my heart sure will feel a whole lot better if I really got them. And then we do it, and maybe perhaps when it's over, we don't, we don't really think that, you know, I, I thought it would be a little different. I thought I'd feel different. I thought things would be different, but it didn't happen that way. I think that happens for a lot of people. And the Bible said there in verse 7 that Samson said unto them, Though you've done this, yet I will be avenged of you. And after that, I will cease. In verse 8, he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. So he went out there in verse 8 and just, and just killed them all. He went out there in verse 8 and he went out there and he slaughtered all of them. I tell you what, now you can see all these people that are involved and now all these people are dying and all the things that all these people are going through because of, now I'm not saying what happened wasn't no big deal, but what I am saying is that you see all of this destruction happening because of uh, this, I guess if you want to call it a family squabble or whatever you want to call it, but all of these people that have died and all of these people that have been uh, caused pain and sorrow and hurt, the wake of destruction that revenge left in its path was unsightly. The blood the pain, the misery, the sorrow, all that the revenge left in its path was unsightly. Was unsightly. The Bible says in verse 8 that he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock of Edom. That word Edom there means a den of wild animals. That's what that word Edom means and that's what he was at at that, at that moment in his life. He was like a wild animal. He was slaying people hip and thigh and, and there he was actually dwelling in the place that describes his character. Edom means den of wild animals, and that's where he was. He was dwelling in a place. He was, he was there at a place that defined who he was at that moment. He had gone wild. He had went crazy. He was, uh, he, he had, uh, he was on fire with revenge. They couldn't nothing put it out, and he wasn't going to stop until he laid a wake of blood and destruction in the path. And that's what the Philistines were doing as well. 
And oftentimes that's what revenge does. It just escalates and it intensifies and it gets worse and worse. And more people get hurt and more people get involved uh, until it just becomes out of control. And now we can almost see there he is in verse 8 almost like a wild animal. Like a wild animal there in verse 8. The Bible says he smote him hip and thigh with a great slaughter. And he was dwelling in that kind of character there at that moment. Listen, sometimes when folks get mad, you kind of say, listen, he kind of he got out of character. You know, he's he, he not, not acting himself or she's not acting herself. Uh, because I tell you what, when people get mad and people get angry, you wonder how, how inten- what, what intensity is that going to go to? I mean, how far is their anger going to go? Is it, how, how much is it going to boil over? I mean, are they going to get so angry? Are they going to get so mad that they just leave a wake of destruction in their path? I mean, how bad is it going to get before they finally simmer and calm down? The Bible says that Samson... Uh, he got so angry, he went out there. He, the Bible says he slayed him hip and thigh. He went out there and he just, he slaughtered him and he went up there on this rock and he sat up there on this rock like he was up there just waiting for him to come up there, characterized this place where he was at as a wild animal and that's what characterized him at that moment. And I tell you what, when people get angry and people lose their tempers and they just blow up and get out of control, sometimes that's what they act like, they're acting like wild animals. And it takes them a while sometimes to simmer down and calm down until they get to this place where they can begin to reason again. I think that's why the Bible says that we need to make place for, make place for our wrath. You know, not, don't allow yourself to get to this, uh, to, this, to this moment where you just completely explode and cause a lot of damage. The Bible says to make place for it. You, know, you need to allow some room. Uh, allow some room. Let me. It's kind of like this. Now, how many of you, when you go to cook, you ever done this? You went to cook and you put water in the, you put water in the pot and you put it there on the stove, and you watching that thing. It's boiling. It's boiling. It's boiling. And it gets to a certain point. Looks like it's gonna. If you left it there any longer, it's gonna boil over. So what do you do? You go and you cut it down. Maybe pour a little bit of water out. What do you do? You're making room for the boiling so that it don't spill over and just make a mess out of everything. And that's what the Bible says. It says you need to make room for your wrath. Uh, give up, make sure that there's a place for it so that it doesn't just completely explode and make a mess out of everything. Allow some room for it in your life. Samson, he didn't do that there at that time. And he was like a wild animal up on that rock just waiting for somebody else to get up there. And somebody did come up there, there in verse 9. The Bible says the Philistines went up and they pitched in Judah and they spread themselves out and lay high. And the men of Judah said, why are you come up against us? And so there he is. The Philistines said, we're going to go after him. So they go after Samson. And, there, and, they, and so they encamp out there in the land of the Jewish people. And the Jews are now sitting there and they're like, what are y'all doing here? What do we do? Why are you coming to fight against us? We didn't do anything. Why are y'all here? And they said there in verse 10, they said, uh, the middle part of verse 10, they said, to bind Samson are we come up. Watch this now. To do to him as he's done to us. We're going to get this thing even. We're going to get even. We're going to settle the score. Well, when, when, does, the, when does the score stop? I mean, does it, I mean, when does the tally? I mean, are we just going to keep tallying the numbers? Are we just going to keep raising the score? I mean, they're going to do this, and Samson's going to feel like they're one up. Well, then Samson's going to do this, and, th- do this and they're going to feel like Sam- uh, Samson's, one Samson's going to do this. It's just going to continue to go back and forth, and, and when's, when's the tally ever going to stop? I mean, who's keeping score of this thing? I mean, how, much, how many people got to suffer before somebody says, you know what, this is ridiculous? 
The Bible says there in verse 10 that the men of Judah said, we are, uh, why are you come up against us? And they answered, to bind Samson are we come up to do to him as he's done to us. Imagine the awkward position that it put these people in. The awkward position that it put the people of Judah in because now here they are, they're in their homes and trying to you know, take care of their families and all this. Next thing you know, you see a whole bunch of folks that are coming in on your land and they're encamping in your land because they're coming after one person and, 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 and the person that they're coming after is somebody that you recognize as someone that's on your side. I mean, Samson was a Jew and here they are, the Jewish people. And they're sitting there, and now here they are. Now they feel like they're caught between the two. The Jews are over here thinking, well, uh, we, we really like Samson. I mean, he's like our hero, you know. He's like, he's the one that fights the Philistines. And the only reason why that uh, the Philistines, one of the reasons why the Philistines were there is because the Jewish people were too scared to fight them on their own. They said, well, they're too, they're too stronger. They're, 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 they're stronger than we are. We can't handle it. We can't defeat them. Sounds like... They had the same kind of spirit that the people had whenever Caleb and Joshua said, let's go in there in the promised land and none of the people would do it. They saw themselves as nothing. And so since they saw themselves as nothing, the Philistines lived and dwelt in their land. And so now they were trying to cohabitate with the enemy and it wasn't working out. And the enemy is now uh, living in, uh, dwelling inside of their space. And they're like, what are you here for? And so now here they are caught in the middle and the Bible says there in verse 11 that 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock. Well, I tell you what, at first it just started out with just a little family squabble. Now we've got people dead, people set on fire. Uh, we got uh, 300 foxes that will never be the same again. Samson out running around like a wild man. It's just become a mess. But that's what, that's what revenge does. It just makes a mess out of things. The Bible says there in verse 11, 3,000 men of Judah went out to the top of the rock, to the rock Edom, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? Well, isn't that something? They said, don't you know the Philistines rule over us? I imagine Samson's probably thinking in his mind, why you allow them to rule over you anyway? But they said, this, the, the Philistines, they rule over us. Why are, you, uh, why are you going against them like this? They'll just make things harder for us. Notice they said there in verse 11, they said, what is this that thou hast done to us? And he said unto them, as they did unto me, so I've done to them. So both of them had the same attitude. I mean, I'm going to do to you what you did to me. The other one says, well, I'm going to do to you what you did to me. When's it going to stop? There in verse 12, the Bible says, and they said, and they said to him, we are come down to bind thee that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, swear unto me that you will not fall, uh, that you will not fall upon me yourselves. In other words, he says, if I let you bind me up, you got to promise me that you're not going to try to kill me. There in verse 13, they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. So what do we see? Well, I think one of the things that we see is, is that uh, in the latter part of it, is not only do we see how revenge escalates, not only do we see how it intensifies, not only do we see how much energy 
goes into it, how much effort goes into it, how much hard work goes into it. Uh, not only do we see that it is, uh, seems like it's almost possibly never-ending, uh, not only do we see the chaos and the carnage that it causes in so many people's lives, but we also see in the latter part of the uh, latter part of the verses there, in verses twelve and thirteen, is that who really gets uh, is it who's really who's really get, who really gets bound at the end of the day? We do. The one that's seeking the revenge is the one that ends up bound at the end of the day. And the Bible says there in verse thirteen. The Bible says, the latter part of verse 13, that they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. So the one that set out to do the revenge is the one that ended up being bound. Now, I know you can finish the story and you can see how the Philistines tried to come up upon him there in verse 14 and, and, uh, and how the Lord came upon him and he uh, end up, you know, ended up uh, fighting these people off. He did. But before that happened, we see that in verse 13 that, that he was bound. And at the end of the day, if in our heart, as what we're as what we're we're, we're seeking to do is just get is to just get revenge, then at the end of the day, who ends up bound? We I think we're the ones that end up still with a broken heart. It didn't end up going the way that he wanted it to go. It didn't matter how many people he killed. I don't think it seemed to make a difference. I mean, you know, he the Bible says that he uh, there in verse eighteen. I mean, I'm sorry, verse 8, the Bible says he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. How many people does he have to kill to make himself feel better? I mean, is it going to be 1, 5, 10, 15? Is it going to be 100? Uh, is it going to be 1,000 people? How many people do you have to kill? How many people do you have to hurt before you get to this place to where you say, okay, I'm satisfied? Is it ever going to happen? Are you ever going to get to that place? And at the end of the day, what happens? You end up coming down from your pedestal, from acting like a wild animal, bound up in fetters yourself. Because that's what, that's what bitterness does to us. That's what revenge does to us. Remember Matthew at chapter 18, I believe, and the Lord Jesus was teaching on forgiveness. And at the very end of that, he, he gave the illustration of, he gave the illustration of, of, um, of the man that because he didn't forgive, he was cast into prison. And the whole idea was, you know, what happens in the very end is when we have a bitter heart, we try to exact revenge on people and are unwilling to forgive. What ends up happening is, is we put ourselves in prison. We bound ourselves, And that's exactly what he did. He, he bound himself, acting like a crazy wild animal. And that's what we do. Man, I tell you what, if we'll get revenge and we lose it, we, we get a hot head and, and we lose all control, that's, that's what happens to us. So, the key thing is, is we've got to ask ourselves, am I making place for the wrath? Listen, everybody gets angry. Everybody gets mad. Sometimes we just have a day. You ever just had a day? Maybe you have some days. Sometimes they're consecutive. But sometimes, listen, everybody has a day. And sometimes we have days. But whatever the case, we've got we to allow some room for it. You know, We've got to allow some room for that wrath in our life and make sure that we don't allow ourselves to get to this place where we just completely lose control like a wild animal, like Samson on top of the hill, looking down at everybody saying, come on up here if you dare. Because that's what Samson was doing. 
There in verse 8, he slaughtered everybody with a great slaughter, went up to the top of the rock, and as he stood there, I imagine he was probably waiting on the people to come up there so he can kill some more. But they didn't, not at that moment. So we got to allow some room for that, allow some room for that. I think another good life lesson for us too is, uh, you know, allow some room for other people to have it too. Because listen, we don't just have bad days, they have bad days too. Does that make sense too? We're not the only ones that have bad days. They have bad days. Listen, sometimes your husband has a bad day. Sometimes your wife has a bad day. Sometimes the kids have a bad day. Sometimes your friends are having a bad day. Sometimes they're having a bad days. You know, sometimes they're having a bad uh, situation and it lasts for a little while and maybe they're not themselves and maybe, you know, maybe they do kind of get out of character a little bit, you know? Sometimes it happens. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying it happens. But I think we've got to allow ourselves some room for that because, listen, there are times when it happens to us too. And if it don't, someday it might. And when it does, you're going to be happy that somebody gave you some room too. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. You're going to be glad that somebody gave you some room. You're going to be glad that somebody said, well, you know what, I'm glad everything's working out and they just didn't, uh, you know, uh, take you out, you know, burn you with fire because you made them mad. A lot of things I think we can learn from this tonight. But at the end of the day, verse 13, we see that all this wrath and all this rage and all this wildness that Samson had in his life uh, to get even. One, was, one person was always trying to top the other until there was nothing but death and carnage. When's it going to stop? At the end of the day, we often end up bound. And it never worked out like we thought it would. All right, let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your blessings today. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the life lessons that we can see in your word. Lord, you told us in the New Testament that the Old Testament was written for our learning so that we can learn from the different things that happen in the Old Testament. We can take them and apply them to our life today. Lord, the great life lessons that we learn through your word is invaluable. And God, I pray that you would help us to to cherish these lessons and to cherish your word. Lord, as we begin our, our new week, Lord, I pray that you would just give everybody a wonderful week. I pray, God, that you'd just have your hand upon every person, every family. Lord, you'd bless them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be what you need us to be this week and that you'd bring us back to our next appointed time here on Wednesday. And all this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.